0: Here we go again, I'm Ray with a, another podcast episode. This time, have you seen a ghost? A lot of people will say, Oh, it's all nonsense, all rubbish. The thing is, can it be explained? If you see something and you think, well that could be a ghost, but I don't believe in ghosts, so can it be explained away, you know, can you say, Oh well it's it must be this or it must be that? I remember a chap telling me, this was back in the early seventies, he said I see this ghost in my bedroom. It's like a figure, definitely a human-shaped type figure that moves very, very slowly along the the wall of the bedroom. He had this blank wall and he'd lay in bed and watch this figure move very slowly. And he said it might be there for two or three nights running and then nothing for, say, two weeks. Nothing at all. Maybe more than two weeks. Then it would be back again and it would just slowly creep along the wall. And he said to me, I reckon it's a ghost. So I said, well, I don't know. Is there any way of explaining it other than saying, well, it's a ghost? So what he did, he he became a little bit brave one night and hopped out of bed. He was only in his teens. He lived with his parents. He didn't tell them. He hopped out of bed one night when this ghost was just creeping very, very slowly along the wall. And he went and had a look and he realized it was a shadow. So he looked at the window and there was moonlight coming in. And he realized then that the moonlight, there was a tree outside, a small tree, and it was casting a shadow on the wall and it looked like a human being. It was a humanoid type shape on the wall. And of course, it moved slowly along the wall as the moon uh, orbits the earth. You know, it's moving across the sky, isn't it? So the shadow moved very slowly across the wall. Now, there we are. That wasn't a ghost at all. And it could be easily explained. Well, once he got out of bed and had the courage to go and confront this unknown thing. Could hear the clock chiming then. It's early morning again. I like uh, early mornings. It's nice, especially in the summer. You know, six o'clock in the morning, breakfast out on the patio at the table there. Sun's coming up. Birds are singing. Lovely. Talking of gardens. Many years ago, I lived in a bungalow, and I was looking out of the kitchen window, I was just tidying up in the kitchen, looked out of the kitchen window, and there was a lady standing in the garden, old lady, must have been, well, at least in her eighties, I would have thought. And I looked through the window, I thought, what's she doing out there? So I went out the back door and I said, you yeah, excuse me, can I help you? <laughs> She's standing in my back garden. And she said, oh, oh sorry, she said, I-, I used to live here. I said, when was that? Oh, many years ago, she said. I thought I must have left the side gate unlocked and that's the way she'd come round. Anyway, um, I said, oh, you used to live here? And she said, yes, I, I just wanted to have a look. So I said, well, come inside, I'll show you round. And uh, I said, it must have changed a lot since you were here. And she was saying that she left there, I think 20 something years ago. I took her into the kitchen. She said, oh, it's very different. Oh, she was clutching something that looked like a photograph. I forgot to tell you that, but clutching a photograph. Took her into the dining room and I said, uh, this is what I've done in here, had new windows. I was just generally showing her around. And she said, oh, the cupboard's gone. And she looked in the corner of the room. And I said, yes, that was a huge cupboard. Went right up to the ceiling, as you remember. And I said, it was awful. She said, it was overpowering. I never did like that cupboard. It was so overpowering. You know, whenever you walk into the room, there it is up to the ceiling and she said her husband had built it, and she'd never liked it. He loved it, but she never liked it. And she said that uh, the neighbours called her Old Mother Hubbard, because she wouldn't keep anything in this cupboard. She didn't like it. She wanted it taken down, and her friends and neighbours called her Old Mother Hubbard, because Mother Hubbard's cupboard was bare, wasn't it? Anyway, we laughed about that, and I was just looking up towards the ceiling, and I was saying, I had to find a, a piece of picture rail to put along there. When I turned back to her, she'd gone. I thought she'd wandered off into another room. I couldn't find her. Now I hadn't heard the front door open and close. So I went back into the garden thinking she must have gone out there. She disappeared. Anyway, I went round to lock the side gate and it was locked, it was bolted top and bottom. So I had no idea how she got into the garden. When I went back into the dining room, I noticed the photograph that she'd been holding was on the dining room table and it was a photo of her and an elderly gentleman i assumed to be her husband now there was an old chap across the road who'd lived in his place for about 50 years 50 plus years so i went over to him and i said uh, do you recognize these people in this photograph oh, that's old mother hubbard he said and laughed he said where did you find that hidden away somewhere in the loft before i could answer he said and that's harry Old Harry, he said, good grief, they've been gone, what, 20 years now, must be 20 years. They passed away within a week of each other. And he was rambling on about this. And I, I stopped him. I said, what well, they've gone, they're dead. Oh, yeah, he said, yeah, 20 years ago, within a week of each other. He went first and then she went. And he started rambling on about this cupboard. He said, uh, we called her Old Mother Hubbard because of this cupboard business in the back room. And he was going on about that. And I I was not listening. It was just in one ear and out of the other because I was thinking, well, I've just met the lady in my garden. I've just shown her around the the kitchen, the dining room, and she's died 20 years ago. What's going on? I could only assume that she was a ghost. There was no other explanation, wasn't there? It couldn't be a dream uh, because I had the photograph. I hung on to the photograph for years, actually. Uh, just as proof to myself, really, that it wasn't a dream. I mean, the chap over the road, he, well, he backed it all up by saying about the cupboard and she passed away and her husband 20 years ago. So how how does anyone explain that? I've told a couple of people that uh, that in the past and they've said, well, it must be a ghost. I mean, even my brother-in-law who doesn't believe in ghosts, he this was years ago, he said at the time, well, what else could it be? I don't know. So that was uh, a fascinating experience I had. I never saw her again, didn't ever see her again. Uh, and eventually I gave the photo to the chap over the road because uh, you know, we used to chat sometimes when we saw each other in the street. And he'd said a couple of times after that that they were very good friends. Uh, that The four of them, him and his wife, they used to meet up together in each other's gardens in the summer. They'd uh, They'd have meals together. They were very close, very good friends. Talking of photographs, a friend of mine had one of these, well, a the Polaroid-type camera, you know, where it develops the, the picture within a couple of minutes. Uh, this is going back decades, when they first sort of came out. They were nice little cameras. They were very expensive. But he started taking this camera. Wherever he went, he took the camera with him. And we'd be in the pub, and he'd take photographs. You know, we'd be perhaps outside, down the beach or wherever, a group of us, and he'd take photographs. And he started taking photographs of Couples, say June and Frank. And then perhaps some weeks later, he'd see Frank and, oh, well, take a photo? There's Frank, take a photo of Frank. But Frank, Frank had a different girl with him. I've made these names up. And this friend of mine, Julian, his name, he was an idiot. <laughs> I can say that because he was. He was always taking photos of people and then he'd show people in the pub. He'd bring them all in. Look at all the photos. And what happened was, there's one girl there, she looked through the photos and she turned to her boyfriend and said, who's that girl you're with? And he looked and oops, oops, he, he'd been seeing someone else on the side. And there he is in this photo with this other girl. So there's <laughs> there's Julian going round with his camera, with his photos, taking photos of people, showing people and getting into all sorts of trouble. and Well, getting other people into trouble as well. You know, he'd take a photo that shows someone without even thinking. Uh, of course, In you know, after a one or two rows between various people, uh, he wasn't allowed in the pub with his camera. He used to say, no, you know, if you're coming in here with the camera, you can leave. <laughs> Take your camera out, put it back in your car and come in without it. But uh, he got into all sorts of trouble taking photos. I suppose it wasn't his fault. It was the, the various individuals that were being naughty. They were two-timing and sneaking off with other people. So uh, in a way, I suppose they deserve to get caught. Let's turn now to your emails. Uh, one from Jackie from the UK. I don't know where you are, Jackie. Um, I think you've emailed before, haven't you? I don't know it rings a bell. Jackie said when she was in her teens, lived at home with her parents, she was undressing for bed one night. or oh, her bedroom was L-shaped. So that's important. The bedroom is L-shaped. So when she was at one end of it, she couldn't see round the corner to the other end undressing for bed one night out of the corner of her eye saw a young man gazing at her watching her undress and she she said she was terrified and he jumped out of her skin now she didn't immediately think ghost and she screamed out her mother came rushing upstairs and said you all right and she the the figure had gone the boy it was a boy she said about her age so about 16 he disappeared and she didn't like to say to her mother I just saw a boy standing there watching me undress because her mother would think she's a little touched in the head, you know, gone bonkers. So she said, oh, sorry, I just stubbed my toe on the bed and uh, I'm just going through the, I've made notes uh, on her email here just so I can, because it's quite a lengthy email, isn't it, Jackie? So I've picked out the the, the bits that we need to concentrate on. So her mother said, oh, okay, I, I wonder what on earth was wrong when you screamed and off she went. So Jackie continued to change and this boy came back and he was peering round the corner of the L-shaped bedroom, watching her. So anyway, she got into bed. She thought that her mind must be playing tricks, it's her imagination. So she got into bed and listened to the radio for a while, as she always did, and went to sleep. She wondered whether she'd been dreaming when she woke up the next morning. But from what her mother was saying the following morning at breakfast, Uh, she had screamed, so she had actually screamed at that time, and that was the result of seeing this boy. So she's then thinking, well this is a ghost, and it happened a couple of nights later. She said that she wasn't afraid, she wasn't at all frightened, because he looked quite innocent, well apart from wanting to watch her undress, he looked quite innocent. She said he had a flat cap on, old-fashioned clothes, uh, a dirty shirt with no collar, braces, Uh, dirty baggy trousers, old boots. She said he looked like a, a perhaps like a chimney sweep, although he wasn't covered in soot. But that sort of image from 1800 and something, she's put here. (laughs) I'm just reading this out. 1800 and something, the 19th century. That always confuses me when someone says the 19th century. I think, is that 1900 and something? No, it's 1800, isn't it? So eventually this went on, not every night, but a couple of times a week this lad would turn up only when she was undressing for bed. And she said, to be honest, that she got used to him and didn't bother to hide anymore. She let him watch her undress and put her nightie on. Her parents were due to go away one weekend and she didn't want to be left alone in the house. Now, although she wasn't afraid of this boy, she didn't want to be alone in the house with him. What she did, she told a friend. And this friend said, I know a psychic medium. Wow. So a bit of a long story, Jackie. I'm just missing a few thousand words (laughs) here from your email. It is long, isn't it, your email? This old lady came round, this psychic medium came round one evening, went up to Jackie's bedroom with, with Jackie. And she's saying, well, where does he normally stand? And Jackie said, well, just over there. He watches me undress there. And she said, right, come out, young man, come out. And Jackie's trying not to laugh. This old lady saying, "Come on, I know you're there. Show yourself." And Jackie couldn't see the boy because she was round the L-shaped part of the bedroom. And this old lady said, "Ah, oh, there you are. Now what do you think you're doing, watching young ladies undress like that? That's not the done thing." And she's she's going on ranting and raving at this boy. What sort of upbringing have you had? At <laughs> all this? And Jackie said that she was really doing her best not to laugh because she couldn't see the boy. And she thought perhaps the old lady had gone mad or was just putting it all on, you know, making making out that she could see him. And then the, apparently the lady said, and I don't want to see you here again. And she said, right, that's it. Jackie, the boy's gone. He won't trouble you again. Jackie sort of <laughs> still trying not to laugh. And she said, well, okay, thank you very much. And the lady said, he looked a bit scruffy to me, what with his cap and his dirty shirt and braces and those boots need cleaning. She said, I should have told him to smarten himself up a bit. And that's when Jackie realised that the old lady had seen him. She must have seen him. She described him. And she says that she she went on to say one or two other things about him. She'd definitely seen the boy. And Jackie had said nothing about his appearance. All she said was, someone's been watching me. She hadn't described him, his clothes or anything. So there we are, Jackie. Well, I don't know what to think about that. Oh, she does say he never came back again. Right, I think it's time for a cup of tea and I will be back with more uh, emails. Un momento. Got an email now from Terry and he says his girlfriend that he had during his early 20s, he reckons she was a ghost. Why do you think she was a ghost, Terry? Let's have a look. Ah, because she kept disappearing. He thought she was a ghost. And he says, he does put seriously... He says we'd go into a pub and we'd sit in a corner with our drinks and after perhaps 20 minutes, half an hour, he'd go to the bar, get a drink, come back to the table and she got, disappeared. No one saw her leave. She would have had to have passed him to get out and she just literally disappeared. And when he asked her the next day or whenever he saw her, where were you, where did you go? He said that she didn't really have an answer. She said, well, I was at home. He thought she was, as he puts it, a balm pot, but then he started to think that she was actually not of this world, a ghost, which is strange. And it also happened when they were out for a walk. They used to enjoy walking in the woods. And he said they'd be you know, they'd be walking along, chatting, and she'd go to look at a flower or something. He'd turn round to, to go and see the flower. She'd say, Oh look at this. And she'd gone. Absolutely just disappeared. And he said, you know, you might laugh. Well, I have. I have laughed, Terry, and I shouldn't have done. I should have read your email in full because he'd never actually been to her house. He knew roughly where she lived, but he'd never been to her house or met her parents or anything like that. And he reckons he was a ghost because the name she'd given it is written it here, but I won't say the name, uh, Christian and surname, no trace of her. Tried to find electoral register and all that. No trace of her. He went out with her only for a few weeks, he says, but he reckons she was a ghost. Well, there you go. I don't know what to make of that one, (laughs) Terry. I mean, I mustn't laugh because I think you may be right. So thanks for that, Terry. That's a strange one. That reminds me, I went out with a girl once, well, more than once. This is back in the 60s. And we'd go out, we'd sit in a pub somewhere or go to a club and she would disappear just totally disappear. I didn't ever think she was a ghost, but <laughs> now I'm not laughing at your ex-girlfriend Terry or ex-ghost or whatever she was. Uh, Terry, I wonder what she was like. uh You know, were you ever kind of intimate together? I mean, if she was a ghost, you know, email me, Terry. Email me. You know what I'm getting at. Be interesting. So this girl I went out with, she'd disappear. She'd just say I'm going to the loo and not come back. Or she'd say, oh, look, there's so-and-so or some girlfriend. Just go and say hello to her back in a minute. And she would disappear. And what it was, she was actually going out with someone else as well as going out with me. And if ever we were, let's say, we're in a pub, you know, it's all local, we're in a pub. And this chap sort of wandered in. She'd leave me and sneak out of the pub. So he didn't see her. I didn't know that. I only went out with her for a couple of weeks. And then I discovered that that's what she was up to. What's that record? The night has a thousand eyes. So she wasn't a ghost. She was just a bit naughty. I was in my car once with this girlfriend. This is going back. Do you remember, I don't know whether it happens now, do you remember in the old days, uh, lover's lane or whatever, you know, there'd be a car park somewhere nearby in the woods or a a country lane, you know, where all the lovers would go in their cars. (laughs) Do they still have lover's lanes? I don't know. So there's this girl and... I was sitting in the car, we were chatting actually, luckily we weren't doing anything else, we were just chatting and listening to Radio Luxembourg, we just had that on low. And suddenly, the, it was pitch dark, suddenly the back door, it's a four-door car, the back door of the car flew open and there was this chap there, I thought, I mean, my girlfriend at the time, she screamed and I looked round, like, what, what is going on? And it's this friend of mine. And he said, well, not a friend of mine, a chap I worked with, well, he's sort of a friend. And he said, oh, Ray, sorry, and closed the door and disappeared. And I, I thought, yeah, what's all that about? What's going on? Anyway, at work, the next time we were at work, this was the weekend, I said to him, yeah, what was all that about? He said, I was looking for my wife. Looking for my wife? I said, well, you wouldn't find her in the back of my car with my girlfriend and me, would you? And he said, oh, I, I was just looking for her. I know she's two-timing me. And he was in a right state. So he expected, he recognised my car, obviously. And he thought that I was with his wife and this lover's lane. Goodness me, yeah, she wasn't a ghost. Well, his wife was a bit ghostly. She disappeared all the time. They split up in the end, got divorced. She was a bit naughty. Always off, you know, running around. My little run around. So anyway, I don't know why we've moved on to girlfriends. <laughs> let's let's have a look through the emails and see what's next. Ah, now this one's good. This is from Dave, and Dave says many years ago when cassette tape recorders came out, I remember that Dave in the 60s. He said he bought a Philips cassette tape recorder. Yeah, it was the 60s, and very expensive. I do. I I never owned one myself. Well, not initially because they they cost a fortune. Do you remember those, the old cassette tapes? They were great, weren't they? Yeah, they were good. They were good days. So he had this cassette tape recorder with the the kit with it, the carrying case and the microphone. And he recorded some ghostly sounds. I've got a feeling, Dave, this isn't going to be about real ghosts, if there are such things. He recorded these sort of sounds and he's put here W-O-O-O. So that sort of woo, I suppose. OK, yeah, sounds very ghostly, Dave. And he hid it. There was a derelict house in some woods near to him. And he hid this tape recorder in the in the house. And he took his girlfriend over there. They often went over there because it was a, a sort of private type place. I don't know why you'd want a private type place, Dave, but there we are. And he slipped into this house and just turned on the tape recorder and then came out again and... There was about a, about a five minute gap, he says, before the sound started. And then there's this woo, as he puts it here, wooo, And his girlfriend looked at him, looked at the house, she looked terrified. What's that? And of course, these various noises were emanating from this derelict house. And he said, I don't know, I don't know what that is. And she said, right, I'm going. And he said, no, 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 I'll go and have a look. And <laughs> I'm just reading, this It's making me laugh. He says, she's nearly wetting us. Yeah, we won't go into that. And. He went into the house and she thought that he was really bold, really brave, because he went in there saying, whoever that is, be off with you. Be off with you, as he's put here. (laughs) And of course, the the wooing noises stopped and he he turned the tape off and he came out. He said, I've banished the ghosts. And she thought he was some kind of hero, Uh, (laughs) according to his email here, a hero. Sometime later, some days later, they were in the local pub and someone said, within her earshot, I don't think they realised what was going on, but someone said, How did your ghostly noises go on the tape recorder, Dave? Of course, he looked a bit guilty and he said, uh, No, I don't know what you mean, and all this sort of business. He's put here, uh, and he's stuttering here. and <laughs> It's good. I like the punctuation, Dave, here. It's brilliant. So basically he was saying, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And this chap said, well, you were making all ghostly noises on your tape recorder to frighten someone. Who was it? I forget who you're going to frighten. Of course, there's his girlfriend within earshot. She stomped out of the pub and uh, I think they made up in the end, but uh, but he got caught out. Anyway, thanks for that, Dave. Not really a ghost type experience, but (laughs) I suppose I thought you were going to go on to say that there was actually a real ghost in the derelict house, uh, but you didn't, so there we are. I'd like to add that as a bit of fiction, because it would really sort of embroider the story, wouldn't it? But uh, there we are, we'll have to move on. There was no ghost in the derelict house. I've noticed over the years, well, year and a half, is it, since I've been doing the podcast, I get more response from uh, ladies than I do from men. Um, I've noticed that. I haven't started counting emails, but uh, I do get a far more response from ladies. Now, there's one here from Caroline. Hello, Caroline. You don't say where you live. Uh, Caroline married early, she says. Right, is this going to be... <laughs> I don't read these before I print them out. I just print them and then go through them. It's it's easier. Caroline says she married early and divorced early. Divorced by her early 20s. Only been married a few years. No children, fortunately. And she ended up on her own, likes her own company, used to go for evening walks. I'm cutting this down a bit, Caroline, because uh, you haven't written pages and pages (laughs) like Jackie, but it is quite lengthy. Used to enjoy this evening walk in the woods, which was right near to where you lived. And you would pass this chap in the woods most evenings, say hello, exchange pleasantries, as you put it. He was a few years older than you. And it was just nice to pass each other in the woods and sometimes stop and have a quick chat, nothing too lengthy, just a, a quick chat. She says here that she began to look forward to meeting this chap. Uh, yeah, they knew each other's names and they they started to walk along together rather than just pass, they, they walk along together. And they were getting on quite well. And she got to the stage where she was really looking forward to meeting him. Now he hadn't asked her out, And she hadn't asked him out, but it was obviously getting to that stage where at some point they were going to go out for a drink or or whatever together. One evening, she went for the walk and he wasn't there. The following evening, he wasn't there. This went on for a week. He disappeared, just totally disappeared. Now, she didn't know where he lived. She knew his name. She didn't know where he lived, so she couldn't contact him. hadn't even exchanged phone numbers. She does say that she was a bit slow at coming forward, and so was he. So she had no way of contacting him. It was a month later, she says, that she saw him in the woods. And she called out, called out his name. And he looked at her, walked over to her, and he frowned. And he said, "Uh, sorry, do I know you? She said, well, it's me. (laughs) It's Caroline, it's me. What do you mean? Where have you been for the last month? And she said he just sort of drifted back into the bushes into the brambles like a ghost, and she just she said that she just stood there, stunned, didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. he just drifted back into the brambles and disappeared. Now she says that wasn't a dream at all because she was standing there, looking around her, she could hear the birds singing in the trees. It wasn't a dream. And just to confirm that, another evening, sometime later, I mean, she was totally confused by this. It didn't keep her away from the woods. He turned up, he just appeared in front of her and he said, sorry. And she said, explain, you know, what is this about? What are you? <laughs> her words here, what are you? And he said, I'm, he just, his words were, I can't be with you. That was it. I can't be with you. And he just faded away. How strange is that? well, that is weird, Caroline. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to any of these these stories that you've been telling me, um, various emails. I don't know. What is the answer? Are there ghosts? Is it some kind of mind games going off in people's heads? Uh, are they hallucinations? Are they dreams? I don't know. Well, my one with the photograph, that certainly wasn't a dream. Now, how about this one from Mike? Mike's friend was a Oh, a news reader. Uh, our radio station doesn't say which radio station. And apparently, there was a ghost in the studio. And whenever he was reading the news, this <laughs> this ghost, he says, would move things around, like his coffee cup that he'd have on the on the desk. He'd move the coffee cup and things like that. I say he. I don't know why. Could have been a female ghost. And Mike said that uh, in the end, they had to get this exorcist type person in to get rid of this ghost because it kept mucking up the news reading. You know, the news was on the hour and on the half hour and this ghost would turn up and play all these tricks and try to frighten this chap or or make him laugh. You know, did you ever see the ghost, Mike? I mean, that doesn't really, I don't know, is that true? Well, you seem to think it's true. Talking of news reading, what has happened to, well, they're not news readers these days, are they? They're just news presenters, I suppose going back to the 60s, now you'll remember this, going back to the 60s and beyond, the 50s, the 40s, the news readers read the news. That's it. They had a script and they read the news. You didn't get their opinion. (laughs) You know, they didn't start saying what they thought or what they thought should happen or who they thought was right and who they thought was wrong. These days, they seem to be, I don't know, self-opinionated. They They come across, they bring their own politics into things rather than just read the news as it is. I mean, they should be reading the facts. Perhaps news readers these days have ghosts in the studios, I don't know. But there's so much bias about now and um, what is it, fake news? Fake news all over the place, you never know what to believe. Especially if you look online, never know what to believe there. But uh, honestly, some of the the TV news broadcasts and on the radio, I I listen to them, well I try not to now, because they're so biased and so, I don't know, self-opinionated, these news people. I think they should go back to the old days, read out the facts, so we can then just listen and uh, make up our own minds about things, just read their script. What that's got to do with ghosts, I really don't know. But it does annoy me. There are several radio stations that I no longer listen to because they're so biased you know, it's pretty obvious which way they're, they're sort of leaning out, You know, with politics. They're either left or they're right. Going back to the old days, I remember hearing that uh, a BBC Home Service newsreader back in the 50s, now this is the BBC Home Service radio, they would have to wear a tie or a bow tie and a suit. They'd have to sit there in, in proper attire, even though it's radio and the Queen's English. Good evening, here is the news uh, from the BBC Home Service. Don't you know, what, what? Well, they didn't exactly go go that far. But <laughs> but it was the Queen's English in those days. Honestly, and some of the news, the, oh, the grammatical and errors. Oh, dear, I won't go into that. Get me ranting and raving. Well, that's what I'm here for, raise rants. Get me ranting and raving. They just, they'll say, oh, uh, me, uh, say they're talking about another newsreader. Oh, me and Lisa went down to Bournemouth to cover this story. It's not me and Lisa, it's Lisa and I. And these are newsreaders. I tell you what, BBC Home Service back in the 50s and 60s, any newsreader that said that, they'd be sacked. That's it, instant dismissal. You can't speak Queen's English, out. I think things back in those days were probably leaning a little bit too correct. I mean, wearing a bow tie because you're reading the news on the radio, is going a bit far. Uh, I I have heard that some of the news readers on the telly, yes, they wear a jacket, shirt and tie, but beneath that, they've got jeans on. They've got their jeans and (laughs) under the shirt is a T-shirt. So when they've finished, especially in the summer, jacket and shirt off and they're in jeans and T-shirt and they can go off out and do whatever they do. I don't know. Am I old fashioned? I would love the old style. News to come back, how it used to be in the 50s. There we are, rambling on. I am old-fashioned, I know that. Well, you know that by now, don't you? Email from Ray, my namesake. Hello, Ray. not going to read yours out because it's uh, a ghost story about a murdered lad. So, I mean, there might be someone, you've put names here and stuff, there might be someone that knows the lad or people involved. So, But what you do say, Ray, is about voices on the radio. Have I ever heard voices on the radio? Yeah, well, I'm a radio uh, ham, you know, licensed amateur. And I do a lot of tuning around on shortwave and VHF and UHF. And I have heard things that uh, I won't say that shouldn't be there. They're not radio stations. You can disconnect the aerial and the voice is still there. Only murmurs in the background. You catch the odd word without the aerial connected the type of radios that I use don't work at all. They won't pick up anything. Uh, just it'll just hiss, or make a crackling sound. You know, if it's an old one. And I have heard, just on the odd occasion over. I'm going back decades now, especially with the the old radios that would crackle away. You hear voices, just sometimes you'd hear a voice. And you know, I used to wonder what, what is that? What is that? And sometimes you'd hear your name. I just hear Ray. I'd look round the room. That was the radio. Strange. You connect the aerial up and the radio works perfectly. But uh, without the aerial connected, you don't have to tune around or anything. It doesn't matter what you're tuned to, where the pointer is on the scale. But you just sometimes would hear these voices. Now, was that in my head? That could have been in my head, couldn't it? Could easily have been in my head. If you really are interested in ghost stories, uh, I don't mean fiction, you know, facts, have a look on YouTube. Type in... Raise ghost stories. Three separate words. Raise ghost stories. Type that in on YouTube. And up will come my videos. That's if you're interested in ghosts. You might not be. You might be thinking, good grief. Over half an hour of this, all we've heard about is ghosts. Oh, and a teenage girl undressing. <laughs> you probably want me to go on more about that than the ghost. Yeah, that boy was funny, wasn't he? Watching the, Watching the girl undress like that. Many years ago, Someone said to me, do you want to come to a séance? And I said, well, no, not really. I you know, I didn't believe in that sort of thing, a séance. Or sitting around a table, holding hands. I thought, now they're balmy. And he said, no, come on, it's interesting, come along. Because he was well into all this. So I did, I went along and there was this lady and, well, what, about three ladies, I think a couple of gentlemen. And I sat at this table and introduced myself. We all got to know each other. And this woman, she... She started saying, I couldn't believe it. Is there anybody there? Is there anybody there? And I thought, oh no, this is the sort of thing you see on TV. It's you know, sort of a joke thing or or things in silly films. Uh, and then the, the table shook a little bit and I, I, just, I, I didn't laugh and I wanted to laugh. My friend was looking at me because uh, he was next to me and I just grinned. <laughs> I was just looking forward to getting out of there and going to the pub because we said afterwards... We'll go down to the pub and have a couple of beers. So this woman carried on. Is there anyone there? Have you any messages? (laughs) Anyway, I kept doing my best not to laugh. But then nothing happened. And then afterwards she said to me, you've got the gift. And I said, the gift? What gift? I thought I was getting a free prize, you know, for attending the seance. No, I didn't think that at all. She said, no, you've got the gift this uh, psychic ability i thought wow that's interesting and again i've tried not to laugh she said just hold an item that's close to someone that someone's had about their person for a long time perhaps a ring that they might wear or a necklace a watch something they wear all the time hold the item and just try and clear your mind and see what you can see what do you think so I just said, uh, okay, yeah, I'll try that. Anyway, we got out of there and we went to the pub and the girl behind the bar, I knew her quite well, only from behind the bar. And I said, uh, I said, can I borrow your ring? And you know, she passed it, she said, why, what are you doing? And my friend said, oh, this is his new line of work now or something, you know, he's, uh, he's a medium. And she said, oh, oh are you gonna tell me all about myself? And I said, well, I don't know. And anyway, I held this ring. And I closed my eyes and I just suddenly opened my eyes and looked at her and said, oh, and she, I remember it exactly, oh. And she said, what? I leaned forward, my friend had, by now, he'd gone to the loo. And I said, you're pregnant. And she went, Man, how do you know that? Who told you I'm pregnant? And she was, she was pregnant. I held her ring in my hand, closed my hand, my fingers around it closed my eyes and tried to clear my mind of all thoughts, like the the old lady had said. And this picture, vivid picture, just appeared in my mind of the girl behind the bar, standing sideways on and obviously pregnant. I I mean, is this luck? Was it a guess? I mean, I didn't think it was a guess. So she said, oh, you didn't get that by holding my ring. And she was going, don't you tell anyone. Who told you? And I said, no one told me. Someone must have told you. Anyway, she calmed down a bit. And I said, no, no one told me, honestly, I won't mention her name because people might, you know, I don't know what happened afterwards. She eventually, uh, you know, when she got larger, she left the pub and I don't know what happened. When I was in my early twenties, I was learning to play the piano. And my piano teacher, she was about about the same age as me, mid twenties. She was brilliant, taught me to read music or was teaching me to read music and to play the piano properly. She was brilliant. After a few months, she said, oh, I've only got one more lesson with you next week and then that's it. And I said, oh, I was really disappointed because I was doing so well. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm off to London. Uh, my boyfriend, is he lives up there and he wants me to go and move up there with him. And I said, oh, okay. And I was really disappointed. The following week when I went for my piano lesson, her mum opened the door to me and she said, oh, it's such a shame. I She's probably told you that she's going to London. I've met this chap a couple of times and he's, he's not good. He's not a nice lad. I know that. I can feel it. And she said, look, she really likes you. Can you talk to her? And I said, well, not really. I'm only here to learn to play the piano. You know, like, what can I say? And she said, well, I don't know, but I know she likes you. She's always talking about you. She might listen to you. So when we went up, I went upstairs rather to, it was a flat, was like a two floor flat and the lounge was upstairs where the piano was. And I, I was going through the, the routine and the, the exercises and she took, she was sitting on my right and she took my right hand and moved it up. She said, look, look, try up here. And as she took my hand, I just got this impression that she was about to make a big mistake. I can't describe it. I just felt that she was about to do something that was not at all good. And it was obviously going off with this boyfriend to London, not with him, but to meet him up there and and live with him. I just said, uh, after the lesson, she talked about this this chap that she was going to live with. And I said, are you doing the right thing? And she said, oh, you sound like my mother. She doesn't think it's good. And anyway, off she went to London. And a few weeks later, I was driving past their place and I saw her. I saw her just opening the front door. So I stopped and I said, hey, you know, how are you doing? And how's London? She said, oh, I'm back. It was dreadful. My mum was right. It was awful. I wondered then, should I have looked into, you know, perhaps held a bracelet or her hand and looked into it a bit further and tried to give her some advice. The trouble is with that, my worry was, I didn't do anything again after that, because my worry was Say I gave someone the wrong advice. You know, if she'd said to me, look, I'll go by whatever you say. What do you think I should do? Had I got it wrong and said, oh, go to London, it'll work out perfectly. And it was a disaster. Well, how, oh, it'd be dreadful. It really would be dreadful, wouldn't it? Be like a pub with no beer. Well, actually there are pubs with no beer. They're closed. All the pubs are, oh, that reminds me. Isn't this silly? They said, you know, they're always doing these, studies aren't they uh, i heard something this morning i forget what oh yeah um oh a, a recent study by so-and-so university has shown <laughs> has shown that people now are far less likely to go out in the evenings for a meal well of course they are the restaurants are closed what do they mean they're far less likely to go out in the evening for a meal oh stone the crows it's like a survey saying <laughs> Right, we've just spent millions of pounds doing a survey and we've discovered that people would rather stay indoors than go out when it's pouring with rain. I mean, do you really need to do a study, a survey for that? It's as bad as the news reads. Honestly, I don't know what's going on. The thing is about psychic mediums and seances, clairvoyance, all this stuff, fortune tellers, I think that very often... It's people that are having a bad time in their life. They might be depressed. They might have relationship troubles. That's when they they go and seek advice from these people. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong if you you know if you want to do that, but I do think that you have to be very careful because, as I said earlier, if you give the wrong advice or you're given the wrong advice, it could be awful. You know, it really could be bad if you're hanging on. The every word of a, a medium and they say oh you, you know, do this and do that it it could be dreadful so i think the best thing to do um ghosts aside i mean if you see a ghost just tell them to clear off Just say oh, come on get out of my house what <laughs> did like that lady did i don't want to see you here again she said to that boy didn't she but i think you know, live your life now have your life now don't not live for today live the life you have now don't try and contact i don't know don't try and contact uh, people on the other side and try and find out what the future holds what's that case just live your life for for now and you know if you i know a lot of you have messaged me and emailed me i know that you're lonely and it's really nice to think that uh, I'm not just talking to myself. And a lot of you have said how much I've helped you. I don't quite know how. I suppose just by rambling, it must help you, which is really nice. You know, I do feel, I feel it's all worthwhile when I get messages like that. But if you are down and you're lonely and you're depressed, I don't know, just try, look forward to the summer. We've got the summer months coming. I know all this COVID business and we've all lost loved ones. In fact, uh, I lost, where are we now? Uh, Five days ago, my wife lost her cousin to COVID five days ago in her fifties. So it's awful. It is an awful time. And of course, all the lockdown, we can't go out. But if you can, try to be positive. Try to look, What, what I do, look to the future. I keep saying, every day I'm saying to my wife, I sing that little song, here comes summer, happy days are here again. And she says, what do you mean here comes summer? It's not even spring yet. We're still in the winter. I know that, but it's positive. It's looking forward, isn't it, to the better weather, the sunshine. i tell you what, I'm fed up with this damp. Everywhere outside is soaking wet. We get a few days where it stops raining. Everywhere begins to dry up. And I think, oh, I'll go and sweep up the leaves in the garden, do a bit of tidying up. Before you know it, it's pouring with rain again, lashing with rain. So try and think of nice things. I've been watching uh, Winter Watch and they're talking about the woods. Do you watch that? And Megan, you know, his uh, Chris Packham's stepdaughter, Megan, she's absolutely brilliant. She's a, a, what is she? A zoologist, a photographer, a conservation, she's all sorts of things. Um, She's written a book, she's an author, a TV presenter, and she's brilliant. And what they've been doing in the last episode I saw was all about back to nature, and how nature can boost your mood, lift your mood, I should say, lift your mood, make you feel better. And you know, I think it works. There's nothing like a walk in the woods, a walk in the black forest. I like that record. That's when they play proper music, isn't it? All this rubbish today. Having said that, I was saying to my wife the other day, because she said, "Oh, you don't like any modern music. And I do. I like a lot of the female vocalists. Uh, Ellie Golding, Paloma Faith, uh, brilliant. And, and if, I don't know, I can't remember all their names, but I do like, they've got brilliant voices. I do like them. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of their stuff. So there we are. Take a walk in the Black Forest. Do you remember that one? That was played, oh, that was back in the 50s? No, 60s. I can't remember. Anyway, there we are. Look, it's uh, three quarters of an hour, this podcast episode. People keep saying, we want an hour. We want an hour. You don't really want me to ramble on. Do you want for another quarter of an hour? Okay, I'll ramble on. Um, let's have a look at this email. Who's this from? Uh, where are we? Mick, Mick. Hello, Mick. Uh, from the UK, I believe. Mick says, "Were there, <laughs> were there ghosts in the nineteen fifties and 60s? Um, I presumably Mick. It's, that's a good question. I uh, presumably yes. That's, actually let me just read on. That's an odd question. Ah, what I see what you mean is, were they talked about? I think they were talked about more. Because people didn't have the internet, I remember at school, you know, we didn't have internet, obviously phones and all this stuff, iPads and goodness knows what they have these days. And it was more talking about things, reading books. Uh, We had TV, of course, but only two channels, BBC and ITV, or BBC Two came out a bit later. Uh, there There were ghost sort of films and that on the telly, but... If there was any talk about ghosts, I think it was just among adults or kids. In the main, I think that ghosts, uh, ghost stories in books uh, were read. I used to read a lot of ghost stories because they were good fun. Um, and you know, they're scared. As a kid, you're under the sheets with your torch in bed at night reading a ghost story, and it's really scary. But as for ghost sightings, I don't know. I suppose being... Young, I I didn't, I wasn't really aware, you know, as a child, I wasn't really aware. As I got into my teens, I took more interest because I did have quite a few experiences. As I say, if you want to see my videos on YouTube, just type in Ray's ghost stories and all my ghost videos will come up. So yeah, but in my childhood, in the 50s, I don't know about ghosts. Uh, They existed, presumably. I didn't see any. Uh, certainly not in the 50s anyway. <laughs> but that, that's a good question though. No, yeah, good question. Let's see if I can fit one more email in. This is from Pauline. Hello, Pauline. And she says, would you prefer to be back in the 50s and 60s or would you prefer to be where you are now? She just goes on to say here because many of her friends, she's about my age, sort of, you know, 60s, 70s. And she's saying that many of her friends have said, oh, I wish we were back in the 50s. I wish we were back in the good old days. And she wants to know what I think. In many ways, Pauline, I would love to be back in the 50s and just perhaps coming into the 60s. It was, everything was calmer. I mean, there were a lot of problems, you know. I mean, look at the 70s when they came along. The, uh, you know, the strikes and all the trouble, the three-day week and all this business. But the 50s, Of course, it was just after the war. I mean, I was born in 51, so I missed out on the Second World War. But there were still, when I was born, I think rationing was still in effect. So people still had their ration books. They weren't brilliant times, but in many other ways, I think they were far better than they are now. There wasn't the, I don't know, there wasn't the kind of rat race. Nowadays, everyone, you know, you want to watch something on telly, I want to watch it now. I'm not waiting till tomorrow, 7 o'clock, when the episode comes on. I want to watch it now. And it's like uh, money these days. If you want to buy, I don't know, you want to buy a new bed. Your bed's falling apart. You need a new bed. You just go online, credit card, or go into a shop, credit card, right? Order the bed, have it delivered, job done. The fact that you owe hundreds of pounds on the credit card doesn't seem to come into it. People don't seem to worry about that. In the old days, back in the 50s, Yes, there was the there was HP, wasn't there? Higher purchase, the never never, but there wasn't the amount of credit available like there is now. If you wanted a new bed, you would save up out of your weekly wage. You'd save up for a new bed. I don't think it's a good idea. All this credit, anyway. Um, there are so where do you start, Pauline? There are so many different aspects, aren't there? The fifties and now, you could say TV's a lot better now. On the other hand, you could say, well, it was far better back in the 50s and 60s it, when we only had two channels. Now there are hundreds of channels full of rubbish. <laughs> well, that's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Oh, dear, full of rubbish. I suppose I shouldn't say that. No, I did, uh, last night, I watched another episode of Winter Watch. It'll be Spring Watch. Yeah, that was the last episode. It'll be Spring Watch soon. Absolutely Brilliant. In the 50s and 60s, there were, was it Hans? Who was it? Hans? Hans? No. Oh, I don't know. There was a chap that used to go diving and filming underwater. Uh, There was, uh, do you remember Johnny Morris talking to the animals in the zoo? And they'd talk back. (laughs) He'd say, well, what do you think of this so far? And they'd say, oh, well, I don't know. I think it's rubbish so far. It'd be a hippopotamus or something talking back to Johnny Morris. I think TV was a lot better then, Pauline, to be honest. Uh, The quality... Uh, not the high definition picture type TV, but it was black and white. The picture quality then was dreadful. But the programming quality, the documentaries, everything, I don't know, it just seemed a lot better back then. So there we are, rambling on about (laughs) about the, the TV. I don't know, cars, well, cars have come a long way. The trouble is now, if you've got a problem with your car, you lift the bonnet and have a look. We well, you don't even bother to lift the bonnet. It's just packed full of electronics and weird things. Whereas in the old days, you'd have a go on a Sunday, sort your car out, change the plugs and points. These days, you take it to the garage, and they say, well, all done, sir, 500 pounds. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> or 800 pounds, or 1,500 pounds. A friend of mine recently had some problem with a computer thing on his car, and that was just over 1,500 pounds. And I mean, what what could he do? No good saying, oh well, don't worry, I'll scrap the car. Talking of that, we've got our service coming up soon and MOT, so uh, <laughs> usually passes okay. Anyway, there we are, Pauline. I think I would rather be back in the fifties and sixties, in many ways, in many many ways, not just for the nostalgia of, as someone put it to me, red phone boxes, and uh, <laughs> you know. Policeman going by on the bicycle i think i mentioned that before someone said to me oh you you can't live in some 1950s utopia it's not utopia wanting a policeman to go past my house on a bicycle now these days it's not wanting to live in some utopia by thinking back to those times when it was a lot calmer we had the village stores and there weren't massive supermarkets that's another thing i, I watched last night the um last episode of the corner shop how the corner shops have evolved and come and go over the centuries you starting from the 1800s i think i mentioned this earlier absolutely fantastic to watch the way they well evolved and evolved and then suddenly supermarkets came along opening all over the place which just wrecked the local corner shop i know there are still a lot around but there were there were thousands going back in years and that brings me nicely round to the High Street, the demise of the High Street, which we've already done. We spoke about that, didn't we, a few weeks? I say we, there's only me to where you're listening, aren't you? I like to say we, because I feel that whoever's listening to this is in the same room with me, you know, we're having a chat. Although I can't hear you shouting now saying, oh, come on, when are you going to end this episode? It's boring, it's going on too long. I can't hear you saying that. But it is like, I'm chatting to you actually in the room here, which is nice. I'm looking over the South Downs. I'm looking north out of my window and it's black. It's very, very black, the sky over there. So I reckon we've got some rain coming in, possibly snow. We haven't had any snow here at all this year yet. Uh, Touch wood. (laughs) But of course, uh, I don't want to speak too soon because we could actually have some. There has been snow, I think, in May. Uh, down here on the coast. Is it April or May? I don't know. But we have had snow into, well, into what should really be the summer. That reminds me, years ago, my parents went to Cyprus for a two-week holiday and it snowed. First time it had snowed in Cyprus for decades. And it snowed the very two weeks they went there. Can you believe that? Snow in Cyprus. Okay, I wonder whether they have ghosts in Cyprus. Do you think they do? Probably. Right, on that note, I need another cup of coffee. So I shall disappear. Um, look at that, 55 minutes. So we've nearly done an hour. Now, I want you to email me with your thoughts and ideas. Raiserants at protonmail.com. That's all one word, rants at protonmail.com. Do email me because I'd love to hear from you. Um, even if you've got nothing to say, <laughs> just say hello. It'd be nice just to see how many listeners I, I've actually got. And I know I'm not talking to myself because I I do receive quite a few emails, but it would be nice just to get some more, especially if you have any ideas or any stories you want to relate. If you, I did have a thought the other day actually, if you have got the sort of facility to record something, if you want to have a chat and send me some audio, I'll include your audio in the podcast. If you want to say you know, oh hi, I'm Fred from Scotland or Wales or wherever and I think this about ghosts, and I think that about the high street, and I remember when I was a kid in the 1950s, you know, I could include your audio clips in the podcast episodes, which would be good fun, actually. So if you can do that, email me the MP3 or the WAV file or whatever. Listen to me. Listen to me. Tech talk. Tech talk. How about that? (laughs) Imagine if someone in the 50s had said to you, you'll have a flat screen TV hanging on the wall, You'll have a computer. You'll be able to talk to it and it'll talk back to you. And uh, there we are. I'm looking at a calculator on my table here. And uh, I remember when they first came out. Anyway, that's another issue. Let's not go on about calculators. Thanks for listening. As always, lovely to be with you. And I shall see you next. uh, Where are we next Sunday? Take care. Bye bye for now.